Ross. My name is Laird. I'm Rafi. And this is What We Dig. The food that tells you about Toronto, great food, life, pop culture, lets you know about stuff and what we think about it. Yep. So I want to open today with uh, a bit of a, an experience that I have and I want to get your opinion. I want to get the world's opinion. Mm -hmm. So this is really to ask Rafi, but this is also to ask the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So I had a visitor, you know, my, my, my wife and I, we have visitors that come over to our house. My brother-in-law visits with his, um, with his fiance. Really nice couple, love yeah, when they visit. brother-in-law is getting married? Yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. He'll get married, but you know, he's, he's common law. You know, okay. Boom, yeah. they are that. So hopefully, you know, we actually get to see a wedding, but mm -hmm. at the same time, they're gonna do it on their own time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they're on a particular diet, which I actually really respect. They're on the keto diet, which is, you know, a, a low or almost no carb diet. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is meat, a lot of it is, uh, uh, vegetables. is vegetables and stuff like that. And so that's really the primary focus of the diet. And my question for you, Rafi, and my question for the world yeah. is, how much do you cater to somebody's diet because mm. sometimes it can be frustrating i understand for mm. the person who is who has a limited diet and is on a particular diet if there's nothing for them to eat yep. you know that's really frustrating i don't want them to be hungry yep. but you know at the same time if i'm not on this specific diet mm. and i want to eat you know crazy saucy burgers with yeah, tons yeah. of bun yep. you know i or or cake or whatever you know i should have the flexibility to do so mm. i think we worked at a balance when my uh, when my brother-in-law and his fiance came over but it really drew the question because I could see there was a little bit of frustration at times for both parties um, and it didn't take over the weekend, it didn't ruin it, but I wanted to get your opinion. So if you are hosting something and maybe it's a repetitive host, mm -hmm. how much do you cater to that diet mm -hmm. and why and are there exceptions? I have some thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts first. First of all, I'm going to be dropping sneeze bombs in this uh, podcast because the allergy season's hit us. It's, it is here. It's finally here. I saw some uh, girls wearing skirts and I was like, yep, it's time the, the time, that time of the year again. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic time, but also sneeze bombs coming. All right, so about your question, I think the question really is, how much do I like these people? <laughs> <laughs> do I have a vested interest? Are these people going to get me a, some bags of money? <laughs> or is it just, uh, uh, you know... It's an, it's an acquaintance. It's an acquaintance. So you're, you're, you're talking about, so it sounds like you have a hierarchy. So it's, 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 it's funny. definitely. Your, your, your first now, step is now, how much do you care? Now, if this was, uh, if, I, if I was a single man, yeah. and if this was me getting lucky, yeah. I would cater to the world. Okay, gotcha. So, so, so rice? <laughs> God, no, oh, God. So, so a potential partner, you're saying, like a yeah. potential partner yeah. or your wife or somebody that close to yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if this is just a normal average show person who you probably will see next week, but maybe the month after, <laughs> no. <laughs> so a one-time acquaintance, no, you are not making it. So I like it. I like your philosophy. It's your philosophy is based off of how invested in this relationship. relationship are you? And What's you, the return? <laughs> What's but, the return here? And you're not and you're not limiting it just to money. You're saying just experience in general. Like it could be a, a life partner. It could be just a close friend. Somebody you feel like you, you'd be able to... Uh, uh, develop a closer relationship with altogether. Um, it sounds like that's your first definitive point. Yeah. So actually, it's an interesting take because my take is slightly different. Okay. And I would say it depends on the circumstances, and you'd probably want to know in advance. So to me, I would be much more flexible mm -hmm. if it was because of somebody's allergy. 
Okay. Right. So if they're allergic to nuts, I'm making sure that nothing I'm serving them has nuts in it. Fair enough. Uh, if it's uh, if it's for religious purposes, if they mm. are only limited to eating things for religious purposes, absolutely, I will probably. No, but look we're to, we're, to, we're talking about keto diet, though. Yeah, no, I know, I know that's very specific. But yeah. I'm I'm saying in general that that gave me the thought of in general how much do I cater, regardless of. Well, of no, in what. general is different though. In general, because you, like you said, religious reasons, whatever. But a keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, or what's, what's that other caveman one? Um, oh, I forgot the caveman one. Where it's only protein? Yeah. Well, no, it's only stuff that like caveman would eat. It's oh, gonna bother me. It's it's uh, some uh, raw vegan stuff. It's, it's, well, <laughs> the point of, point is, if, if it's if it's about understanding food, people's food restriction, obviously. Yes. You know, if, yes. If you serve uh, nuts and the kid's gonna die, or someone, and adults have this problem too, and they're gonna just die. Yes. Yes. Obviously, you don't want to murder. Child. No. No. <laughs> you don't want manslaughter or no, hang no. over you. Was, is that would that be considered? I guess so. Yeah. I guess negligence. It's negligence, right? right? Yeah. Maybe you know, second so, or third so, so, degree. So that's a different fiduciary duty, right? Yes, yes, yeah. But in, in specific, because we're talking about keto diet, <laughs> specifically vegans, specifically keto diet. We love you vegans. We love you keto diet pe people, but... I, I, I feel like you should cater to us. <laughs> a little bit to us. Think about the normal people who love their meats, yes. love their rice, yes. love their meats and rice together. Well, yeah, and I had this discussion, I mean, I don't mean to go too far off topic, but I had this discussion with a friend recently that, uh, and he had, a, he had a great point, shout out to Jeremy, um, but he had a great point that uh, he believes that the whole uh, vegan thing is, it can be a little bit of a losing battle because of the self-righteous nature of it. So, and, and here's the thing, I don't want to go too far off topic. 100% agree with that. I don't want to go too, too far off, off topic because somebody choosing to have a diet is one thing. I actually respect Absolutely. that. If that's what you Absolutely. want to do, it takes discipline, Absolutely. whatever. Um, I, I can, and if it means health, uh, health benefits, go for it. But you do not need to enter the level of self-righteousness. No. Right? No, you don't. And you, you also don't need to be a social justice warrior. Yes. Isk. Yes. Person with vegan. Like, hey, listen, if you're vegan, cool. Yes. I'll respect you for that. Yes. But don't come and inflict your ideology to me. I'm not, I'm not saying you should be forced to eat meat. No. Don't no, and even if it makes you sick, like to be around it, if it's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, maybe remove yourself from the situation or or let the group know that you're just not comfortable. With, with that being said, I, I also see that you know there are people who are animal rights activists, mm -hmm. and there are animals that are treated inhumanely. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm also opposed to that. I eat meat, but I don't want to eat meat from a cow that's been tortured to death. Exactly. You know? No, I don't want that. Yes, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, no. There's a limit to how much you can preach your veganism. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'd say, like, here's, here's what I'd say the limits are, uh, the, at least in my opinion. The limits are, let me know that that's your stance. So if I, if I cook in a food yeah. and you can't have it, you can say, I'm really uncomfortable with the way animals are treated. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat this particular meat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When that turns into almost like a preaching concept and it, and it gets longer than that mm -hmm. and it starts to become more of you trying to talk me into your ideology um, or you like judging and hating my desire to eat something so much, that's where it starts to become a little more intrusive. Uh, and that's, you know, I'd, I'd say that there's a level of that too. So again, I'm all for people doing it. There's a ton of reasons. I've considered doing it as well for myself for my same reasons, yeah. but I don't need to recruit yeah. So, and, and the way I've approached it is whenever I have an event or going to an event or being part of a planning of an event, mm -hmm. I'll throw out their dietary restrictions. That's right. Right? Yeah. If there is, go make sure you eat ahead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you bring a snack. Make sure you bring a snack. Because uh, you're not getting anything. <laughs> 
no, yeah, you'll normally accommodate it with whatever you're serving. I, I, tell, <laughs> I hope you're not hungry because um, none of that food's for you. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, this comes back to the original point of, you know, what, who's responsible, who should cater to who, and Rafi's philosophy is, and he's looking at it more detail to specific diets that are choice, not that are you know allergic, religious, or whatever. That are choice diets. Uh, that really, you know, they should be probably a discussion, but you don't have to cater yep. to them. Um, it's their choice, and a lot of them are short term. That's yep. the other hilarious part. It's hilarious. Is that like this month? They're keto. Next month, there's something else. All protein and it, it, exactly or no, I, I went from I'm on a strict diet of all protein into all carb diet yeah. uh, month over month um, oh my but I, I think that's a it's an interesting thing so if you're I, I'd love to hear what anybody else thinks uh, who listens to the podcast is you know let us know on social media what you think the etiquette is for catering to people who might have um, by choice uh, you know other dietary decisions or restrictions to meals if they're coming over to your house are you cooking that steak anyways or are you yeah. cooking that that double carbed, you know, or deliciousness pilaf of rice or whatever it's called? Exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely. You bring your own food. Um, <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about something very important. Yes, I agree. Um, I agree. There is something very important we haven't discussed yet. What do we need to talk about, Rafi? Yeah, we need to talk about adventures. No, oh, okay, we can talk about yeah. adventures. We're we going to drop in some spoilers, so if you. Uh, are listening to this? You might want to fast forward. It hit a billy, man. If you haven't seen it yet, tough. Yeah, well, everybody else in the man. world. Some people wait for the Tuesday discount. Yeah, yeah, okay, oh, that's fair. You but know, like, they've had a Tuesday, haven't they? Yes, they have. They've had a Tuesday. Was it last weekend? No, it was two weekends ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. It hit a billy. If you have not seen it, yeah, tough. Tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's, that's, the movie was fantastic. It was spectacular. It was so good. Uh, I can't believe they mashed that many characters and made it work. So you're saying the, highlight, the highlights for me were, and this is what I find that the whole Disney movement has done, a few things. One, they have an unbelievable budget. I mm -hmm. feel like it's the Jurassic Park owner for every Marvel Disney movie. Yep. Spare no expense. Yeah. We're going when you, can, when you make, it, make a billion dollars, well, yeah, spend whatever. Hire the best talent, hire, uh, set up the best situations, have the best look for everything, mm -hmm. um, hire the best actors, be selective in what you're doing. So again, this whole buildup of all these, I think it's like 18 films mm -hmm. that all led into this one final mm -hmm. one. And, and it's, it's hilarious, DC can't even make five characters smashed No, I know. I, but it, but you know what the funny thing is? The DC actors, they're perfect for their role. They are. Superman is perfect yeah, for Superman. He looked, well, they, they have the look and they even have the attitude. Batman, sure, whatever. Yeah, we'll uh, give, we'll, we'll we'll give him a Batman, pass. Yeah. We'll give Baffleck uh, a pass. Gil got a, Oh, amazing, amazing Wonder Woman. Wonder yeah. Woman. Uh, I still think it should have been a... Flash I, I still think Ezra. Just, uh, freeze from and Gaga, though, I still feel like it should have been a, a female Ultimate Fighter. I, I wanted them to change but the look. Not, but but they wouldn't be a... Would be a Actor though, she was a good, she played the role. Yeah, but I mean, like Ronda Rousey has done WWE, for example, yeah, like, that's, and that's acting as well. I mean, The Rock has a huge, uh, a huge career. One, one out of very many. That's true. The, 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 very the, many. The Hogan films didn't yeah, do that well. Exactly. Um, but, but Ezra Miller, I think he perfect Flash. It was good. It was, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but well. 
you can't make five guys or five people, five characters mesh, and these guys did over what forty. Yes, but I, I'd say that within comparison, within fairness to DC, I feel like they just didn't have the runway that Marvel did. So the reason Marvel, why they were Marvel eight, created their own runway. Oh no, I, I agree, but I'm just saying like their approaches were different, and I think that's why there was a fundamental difference in, in how they pulled it off. Yeah. If I had eighteen films or X amount of films mm -hmm. prior to the one that they all came together, mm -hmm. I think you probably would have had a different relationship with the DC characters you would have gotten to know them mm -hmm. a little bit more even in terms of something as simple and, I, and we haven't gotten into what we liked about it but what I feel like to touch your point of how they made all the characters mesh mm -hmm. was by having different themes and sounds mm -hmm. you entered Wakanda mm -hmm. you heard that music mm -hmm. you entered Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> you heard the <laughs> exactly <laughs> You, you heard the actual music, like the rock, the 70s rock come in. You know, you went to the Avengers, the traditional Avengers, they had more of the epic sound. So they created the different looks and the different sounds to each world, yeah. which I feel like they did really well. And you could have only done that by having precursored meetings. That's like the themes, mm -hmm. so to speak, to each one. Mm -hmm. And DC just didn't have that. So yeah. you had no attachment to any introduction yeah. to any character. They yeah. were just somebody who was brand new to you. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't really want to get that heavy on the DC hatred train. Yeah. Um, no, it's not DC. I'm just saying, like, it's just been a waste. But but, but Avengers was amazing. Yes, it's yes, it so was. good. Uh, fight scenes were great. Visuals were great. Uh, comic dialogue storyline great. Yep. Kind of didn't expect that ending, but kind of worked perfectly. Our guesses were off. 100%. On, on on who we thought was going down. So we yeah. thought uh, uh, we thought Vision was was on the chopping block. We, well, well, he was, though. I, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm just running down our list of who we thought. So Vision, we were we were accurate. Spoiler here. Um, for Captain America, we were not. Uh, we thought Cap was going for sure, and he's uh, the the original six are, are of the Avengers are all the survivors. Yeah. Um, and is it original six? Yes, that's what it worked out to the original six. So oh, the Hulk, shit, you're right. Uh, Thor, uh, language, uh, <laughs> Hulk, Thor, uh, Iron Man, by. Black Widow, uh, they don't show uh, the Archer Hawkeye, but he's apparently going to be in the second one. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's in Cap. All of those are the survivors. Pretty much everybody else, all the newbies got taken out. I bet you, for this this this, this is a hunch mm -hmm. uh, for Hawkeye. He only comes back because his family got erased. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now he has incentive to come yeah, out of retirement yeah. and and bring them back. It's yeah. kind of like the what the heck happened. Type yeah. of. There's a whole series of questions and fan theories. Of what's going to happen next. I don't want to spoil what I think is going to happen in the next one, but I'll just say Gamora's sister is a survivor as well. And she's part of the new school. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say she, in the comics, plays a very important role mm -hmm. um, in, in uh, demise. It, exactly in the downfall but you know, of I, I, see, One of thing Thanos. that they did really well is they made the villain understandable. It wasn't just some guy who you hate and he's just bad. Yeah, I really, I really didn't feel hatred. Normally there's like a deep hate, hatred. like, like I want to get that so-and-so by the end. With Thanos, you kind of understand what he's doing. Yes, he is yes. saying there's overpopulation. Yes. I need to cut it in half so that the rest of the universe can survive. Exactly. Which, yeah. if, you're, if you're some sort of purist, some sort of purist, yes. You be, you can see the the, the the idea there. Yes. But maybe he's going about it but, the wrong uh, way. But I feel like what they did in that is they didn't make it seem malicious. Yeah. And I feel like that that's a, a key difference that they had within that, that whole that whole experience is it wasn't malicious. It, it wasn't was, black and white. I think he also acknowledged that, look, I know what I'm doing is not 
the right but someone's got to do it exactly exactly so it's, it was this weird thing whereas normally there's like a malicious there's a high level of desire mm -hmm. to the villain mm -hmm. you know if you look and at you don't even know why exactly they're just angry at the world no. whereas it, it seemed like Thanos was pretty apathetic like I'm just it's almost like somebody saying they're gonna go pick up a pizza guys I'm just gonna go pick up a pizza but with mm -hmm. Thanos Thanos is like guys I'm just gonna go get these stones yeah and you know cut the universe in half <laughs> and come back chill on this mountain yeah right <laughs> go, yeah. go take a look at what else is out now, there now obviously if you lost love ones you'd, you'd say hey Thanos is a piece of shit, blah 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 exactly 100% get you but just looking at it as a third person it's just this guy who's doing a civic duty yes he feels like he's and that's and that's the thing he has no he's the ultimate businessman yeah he just he just uh reorged the yeah. the entire universe, universe. right <laughs> he is, literally yes yeah. he's uh he's reorganized his less there so i don't know man it's but anyways all together colors themes fight scenes everything, everything. teamwork look they just they just smoked it. I, I yeah. and again the whole buildup of all the other movies and they just came off two or three pretty spectacular yeah. films of Ragnarok, Black Panther, all leading up to that, so that those characters had even more meaning. And then I don't want to talk too much about it, but Thor's new weapon is just ridiculous. Also, uh, Chris Pine, huge man crush. <laughs> Killed it. Chris Pine is not in Avengers. No, Chris Hemsworth. He no, no. The, Thor. No, who's who's Chris Evans? My bad. Chris Evans, Cap. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a huge man. You got a man crush on Chris Evans? Chris Evans, not Pine. Yeah. Uh, Chris Evans just he's, shows up with the beard all, man. That's kind of true. His his entrance his entrance was pretty epic when, when he brought in, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a Cap fan. I won't deny I'm not a Cap fan boy, but I'm a yeah. Cap fan. I don't know, neither, neither am I, but uh, ah, you sound a little fanboy there, buddy. With this movie? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, by the way, all the Captain America movies are fantastic. Yeah, they are. All of them. Yeah, yeah, they were all good. I mean, Civil War technically was an Avengers movie, but we'll give it to Cap. Yeah, great movie. Right, but it was great. Uh, Winter Soldier was yeah, probably Winter the best. Was great. It, was my, it was my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, and I and I found that the first Avenger was really good, but um, I think it could have been a bit better. Uh, it was just very long. Yeah. Like they 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 packed a this lot. This was a it. very long movie too. I know, but they packed forty characters into this one. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, whereas you can. Cap is like one or two, really like Red Skull and Cap and a Bucky and a couple other. I characters. like the Red Skull thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, nice little, was, nice little throwback to Red Skull. Yeah, Red, Red Skull does make an appearance in uh, in Infinity in Infinity Wars. So uh, yeah, that was awesome. It was definitely a good one. So highly recommended. If you haven't seen it, we just spoiled a lot of it for you. Apologies, but. Last thing I want to talk about regarding Avengers because Don't apologize to these people. They haven't gone and watched it after two <laughs> weeks. I, I I held myself back from an explosion. That's fine. Um, but. Interesting philosophy of one of my friends that I'd love to discuss with you is he is all about watching or reading about the film incomplete yeah. before he actually sees it. Yep. And I'm curious to know what your opinion is on it because my thoughts are part of the experience of seeing a film, even if it's a story you know, mm -hmm. is to, to go in not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. The only times that I ever really regularly have this exception is when I um, listen to soundtracks in advance. Yeah. So I'll listen to the soundtrack in advance. Yeah. It doesn't really tell me anything about the story, but it gives me the atmosphere and vibe. Mm -hmm. That I'm cool with knowing before. Yeah. But the full-on story of what happens, yeah. I'm not really that cool with knowing it before. I, I, I don't know about you, but like... Yeah. I'd, well, I'd rather... I, 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 I would put this example. You know, a lot of people who watch our shows, uh, what we dig episodes, they're, you know, they actually go to Block Teal first, mm -hmm. and they read upon it. Mm -hmm. They read the whole restaurant. Mm -hmm. They like the restaurant. They either go to the restaurant. They want to learn more about the restaurant. That's when they watch our shows, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that's a good way to do things because mm -hmm. 
you know, when you read something, it gives you your own ideas. You build your own images in your head. Yeah. Uh, when you read something, you know, you think you you kind of understand the feeling and the environment of it. I mean, when you go watch it, mm -hmm. it kind of rearranges that, makes it either better or mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. And that's that. If that's first, the second thing is really once you read it, you kind of know whether or not you have to spend money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of true. Yeah, that's. So I mean, I think that's a fair point. I, I just felt like it was uh, it was almost blasphemy when I first heard it, just because I've had such great experiences with going in blind, like The Matrix. I knew nothing about yeah. going in, and my mind was blown. Like my my best film experiences fall into the category of really not knowing anything about it. Yeah. I've had some great film experiences going in knowing about it, yeah. um, hearing more music with it and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a, it's a good point. And again, I don't think there's a right or a wrong yeah, way. Yeah, I think I'm it not, depends on your personality. I, exactly. I'm not trying to preach the world like, yeah, don't don't read about stuff yeah, before. No. But I just thought it was an interesting perspective on... If you're the type of person, if you read something and spoil it, your the entire thing is ruined for you, mm -hmm. then don't do it. I'm the type of person who I can only watch one a thing once, and I rarely rewatch things. That's I've, I've entered that era now more so because of parenthood. Yeah. Um, I, I was definitely a rewatcher before. I love. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a appreciator. I, I I do editing. I do so to rewatch stuff to me was it was also being able to get an idea of how they do stuff and yeah. um, and how and so I think that's where I like to rewatch. But then also my my favorite films of my childhood I watched like so I knew them word for word. Yeah. Back to the Future, no word for word. Bat yeah. Bat Batman, the Tim Burton one. Yeah. Yeah. I know word for word. Uh, a lot of the ones that I, I had just growing up, even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to an extent, I know word for word. Yeah. So anyways, I thought I'd get that opinion on it because I'm going to probably be seeing this film, uh, seeing Avengers again yep. with this friend and I'm curious to see what he comes out with. Yep. Uh, and I think he's going to enjoy it regardless, but I thought that was an interesting take on it. Now, I'm not personally subscribing to that approach. Mm -hmm. uh, not all the time. I'll probably have a couple of exceptions, uh, but very much I, I love the surprise element. Yep. I, lo I, I hid as much as I could from myself regarding Avengers and yeah. was extremely pleased by the end of it yeah. because uh, some of the stuff I didn't see coming. Now, I kind of want to get into our music thing right now. Um, I want to jump into a band, an Australian band, that uh, I think should be garnering a little bit more attention and it's funny, it, some of the, I won't call it the right people, but some cool folks have subscribed to this group. The band I'm referring to is a group called The Parcells. And what I refer to The Parcells as is like an electro-pop disco punk type idea. It's like a funky electronic, but it sounds like very uh, organic instrument driven uh, type band. And they're just the type of thing, if you want to be driving at like whatever speed limit you're driving at down the highway, they're a good music to kind of get going, to be driving forward. And an interesting thing about them is that they were discovered by, partially discovered by Daft Punk, who then produced a song, and that will probably be the song that I'll play for you, but uh, produced a song called Overnight, which totally feels like a Daft Punk vibe. If you listen to the Parcells, they feel like a little bit more of an organic version of Daft Punk, uh, which is pretty cool. And not all of their music sounds that way. Some of it is very straightforward, uh, kind of electro-punk, or sorry, electro-pop, electro-dance, uh, electro-kind of disco feel, uh, but with kind of an indie rock singer. And I feel like that's the cool part. You don't have a like a Donna Summer or like a, a classic R&B trained singer on top of it, or, or like a Jamiroquai has more of an R&B vocal. Uh, I find with the Parcells, they're more of like, you take an indie band, you throw them into a, an electro kind of funk group, and that's what they they become. It's right? always nice to get discovered by Daft Punk. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's nice. I'm, uh, you know, it'd be nice to be on a list of getting discovered by, by the robots. Yeah, um, or like a Justin Bieber. You know, yeah. like, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen can say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I was discovered. 
Yes. By Justin Bieber. That's right. Or uh, Justin Bieber was technically indirectly discovered by Usher. Yeah, yeah, right? true. Yeah, you're right. He yeah. wasn't directly. Um, by the way, I think I, somebody actually uh, fact checked us on it. I, I, I don't remember which place he's from right now, but in one of our previous podcasts, we were actually incorrect on where Justin Bieber's from. Not that it was important to our point, anyways, but I do want Stratford? to admit. No, it's not. He's not from there. It's, uh, it, you might even need to Google it. I think it's Welland, but I'm, I'm owning up to us. We want to have a level of uh, of accuracy and yeah. of fact accuracy. Um, time to check Google. Exactly. Not that we're in an era where people care that much about fact anymore. Um, but you know, we we want to. We yes, we, we definitely want to have that level level of integrity. Anyways, I digress. Um, regarding Parcells, really want to see them live. Hopefully, they tour uh, within Canada, within here. Great band. Oh, if, he's, he was born in London, Ontario. He was born in London, so sorry, we're back to the Bieber, born in London, and? Uh, then he moved to Stratford, Ontario. Okay, Stratford, yeah. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, there you go. So London, Stratford, boom, Bieber. Yeah. Um, not that, now, now I've just crammed in some useless information for you, but if you ever get questioned on Bieber's allegiance or where he's from, you'll know it's now London and Stratford. We just yeah. fact-checked that, so oh. fact-check moment for uh, yeah. what we did. Yeah, yeah fix them. Uh, exactly, got to clean up those facts. Yeah. But uh, anyways, back to the parcels. Check them out. You looking? You are. You have a fancy car that you are taking that that cover off of in the beginning of spring, ready to go out driving. That's the type of music that you're gonna probably want to be playing as you're grooving down. Maybe sucking down a latte, an expensive latte, as you're driving in a fancy car like down the coast. Sucking down. Yeah. <laughs> Top down sucking. Down. You would. You would not be sipping a latte. I don't. If you're driving a fast car, you're sucking that bad boy down. Yeah. It's aggressive. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, check out the Parcells. This is Overnight by Parcells. Hopefully you enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. Get ready to dance. I challenge you to stay in your seat. Go back. So that was Overnight by the Parcells. Uh, it's just a side note before I move on to topics, I have to call out my brother, who I love, introduced me to the Parcells. Oh, nice. And he is normally a hip-hop guy. He is hip-hop centric normally. Told me about Frank Ocean before he blew up. Told me about a lot of the, the, the hip-hop packs that are kind of big now, even Big Sean, mm -hmm. he was really in on early on. And it was interesting because my brother has now opened his mind up a little bit more to other genres. I think after going to a couple of festivals, he started to understand or enjoy different genres of music and the Parcells were, were a huge find. So shout out to my brother, my brother Tristan for the Parcells. Thank you. And my driving thanks you as well. On to the actual food location where we got to visit this week as well. We got to check out 
a pretty incredible hidden gem, and it's kind of a definitive hidden gem. It's yeah. literally on a side street yeah. off of a main that you might miss, yeah. but it was super busy the whole time we went, and a couple of things blew my mind, and I didn't really get to talk about it that much in the uh, in the episode, yeah. in the uh, in the YouTube episode. Uh, but these guys own or are affiliated with, it's their family business, the Black Camel. Yeah. Now, if you haven't heard of the Black Camel, it's a place that's around Young and Rosedale, I think Young and Somerville. It was a place that actually birthed my love of food. Yeah. It was one of the first places that I walked away going, that's, yes. That's pretty spectacular. Exactly. Yeah. Now I understand why people are willing to pay a little extra for food. Yeah. Why people, well, there's even a, a food movement. Mm -hmm. It was my gateway mm -hmm. to foodieism. Okay. Right. Okay. And it was, we did not know before going to visit this place that they were affiliated with them. Mm -hmm. And man, their, their sandwiches there. Oh, so good. And, and again, it's funny. We were talking about the whole restricted diet piece earlier. Mm -hmm. Their vegetarian mm -hmm. was their star. Yeah. Right? Their portobello mushroom sandwich. Yeah. Just killer. A lot of places do veal. They did veal provolone. They did really well. Like they crushed the veal provolone. They crushed a Canadian, or sorry, Canadian, a chicken uh, a pesto type sandwich. Really, really well done as well. But that provolone, it's hard to do vegetarian well. Yeah. Right. I think that's. I think that's why we were also impressed. Mm -hmm. But they killed it. And one of their secrets, not to give away the big secret, but they double dab the sauce. Yeah. So they put a little bit on on the bottom. Throw on whatever you know protein or central piece you're putting it in. Dab some more of that on the top. And then that way you got double sauce coverage. Yeah. So key, key thing. Eli was awesome. Eli was a guy that we uh, uh, we met there who's one of the owners uh, that's part of the family business. Uh, he really reminded me of uh, some folks that I grew up with when I was younger. Uh, when I was younger, I lived in the kind of the Young and Lawrence area, uh, uh, Avenue Road, Lawrence area. And he wasn't from, from too far away from there, but he really just reminded me of somebody I would have went to high school with, but like the really nice cool, open kind, the type of guy who you, you'd sit down at a table and, and kind of chill and talk with if you knew him or if you didn't know him. So um, very, very cool guy. Liked him a lot. Uh, enjoyed their food. And yeah, I don't get any thoughts on the... I just This place reminded me of Completo, which is also one of my favorite places it ever. It is, yes. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they're just awesome. Uh, I watched the video and I had just finished dinner Yep. and watched it got hungry instantly. And the next day I had to have a sandwich. <laughs> I needed a sandwich in my life. It does It does force crave you into oh sandwich God. enjoyment. Yeah, it's so um, good. It so, so good. So yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. I, even in, I only got to have a couple of bites because the hosts got to eat most of it. Uh, and actually, shout out to Jordan on that. Because yeah. uh, Jordan was the guy who actually helped us find the place yeah. um, and hooked us up with uh, with the location. So um, that's that's one thing that we, you know, we're really big on is that it's almost like uh, you keep what you find. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of our hosts, the reason why some of them host their, their episodes is because they actually helped us find the, the location. So we're really about creating more of that community, giving that opportunity that's out there. But uh, thank you to Jordan for finding that. It was spectacular. And here's our visit to Boar Sandwiches in the Davisville region. Enjoy. So let's talk for a second. I've been in search of the perfect sandwich, and it's been a very long road. I'm looking for a sandwich which characterizes this journey. Something flavorful, something fresh, something low-key, local, and off the beaten path. I've been looking for the perfect sandwich. I think we just found it. Hi, we are at Boar Sandwiches. Today we're having the veal sandwich, grilled chicken sandwich, and the portobello mushroom sandwich. My name is Essen. 
My name is Jordan, and, and here's, here's what, what we dig. Sandwiches, which is the corner of Young and Glebe in the Davisville region. Now, Boar Sandwiches is one of those amazing places that has a very straightforward, simple menu, not a ton of options, but what they do, they crush. The type of sandwiches they have are veal sandwiches, they have vegetarian portobello sandwiches, they have chicken sandwiches. So if you are a sandwich man, woman, child, individual, new to Toronto person, this is a place to check out. Well, uh, this is the family business, and uh, we started with the Black Camel, uh, which opened in July 2004, and uh, after a few years, we decided that we'd come around and open another store, and uh, this is Boar Sandwiches. We opened uh, March 2013, and we decided to do something a little bit different this time. The Black Camel is more known for uh, slow roasted meats, like beef brisket and pulled pork, but we wanted something uh, cooked to order, an Italian-style sandwich place, which we feel uh, Toronto is very well known for. It's also a little tucked away. So if you walk down Young, it's really easy to kind of miss some of the side street places. And this is the definition of one of those hidden gems. One of those places you walk by all the time and you actually try it for the first time and you are extremely impressed by what they have. Young and Davisville continues to bring great new places and Boar Sandwiches has been around for a little while, but it definitely adds the whole vibe and the whole diversity of options that are within this region. It's easy just to stop in, walk in, grab your sandwich. They're super fast at making them and away you go. Not only do they have flavor, they have speed and they have service. But it has a very local Toronto community feel. Eli, what are we having? Well, first of all, we're going to have a veal sandwich that uh, we bread and pan fry. So first of all, we take a veal cutlet, we flour it, put it in an egg wash, and then bread it. And it's going to be placed on a bun that has some tomato sauce on it. It's made from San Marzano tomatoes with an herb-infused olive oil and garlic. With caramelized onions spread on the top of the bun, placed with some provolone cheese. Amazing. sandwich I had was the veal. It was delicious. Yeah, so this one I feel is more of a dinner sandwich. It is a little bit heavy because of the veal and that it is breaded, so it, you will be full for a long time. But what happens next is something amazing, which you taste um, their special scotch bonnet pepper sauce, and it is, it's, 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 they're working miracles here. Second of all, we're going to be having a chicken sandwich, which we marinate overnight in olive oil, garlic, chilies, and Italian parsley. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we grill it. It's a boneless, skinless leg and thigh. We're going to be having a, a special arugula pesto mayonnaise that we make with arugula, black pepper, and uh, Parmesan cheese, uh, with some sweet roasted red peppers that we do in the oven, uh, along with some more arugula. Chicken was charred to perfection. It had a really nice, like, barbecue kind of flavor to it. Added an extra element of flavor uh, that the other sandwiches just don't have. It was also blended really well with the secret ingredient. I'm going to say roasted red pepper, as well the arugula pesto. It all came together really nicely um, and made a really delicious bundle. 
But lastly, we'll be having a portobello sandwich. There's a big old mushroom that we roast with uh, olive oil, garlic, chilies, and Italian parsley once again on our bun with a uh, lemon garlic aioli, which is made from roasted garlic and lemon juice along with some Dijon mustard and topped with the sweet red peppers and some more arugula. And so the portobello was my favorite. It was super light. The lemon garlic aioli was perfect. It was delicious. The portobello was grilled to perfection. It was really tender. Uh, the bread, you really tasted how fresh the bread was, I, I feel like, with, with the last portobello sandwich. This is a nice light sandwich. It's perfect for the summer. Enjoy it on the patio. Take in some sunshine. It's going to be perfect. So the great thing about boar sandwiches is not only do they provide great sandwiches, but they also take pride in conserving food. Um, what they do is they make you fresh sandwiches with the breads that they have here, and whatever's left over, they use it for the breading for their veal sandwiches the next day. How's that for food for thought? Today we're at Boar Sandwiches, and I have here with me Eli. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, wonderful, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. No problem. So Eli, tell us what got you started with Boar Sandwiches. Well, uh, this is the family business, and uh, we started with the Black Camel, uh, which opened in July 2004, and uh, after a few years, we decided that we'd come around and open another store, and uh, this is Boar Sandwiches. We opened uh, March 2013, and we decided to do something a little bit different this time. The Black Camel's more known for uh, slow roasted meats, like beef brisket and pulled pork, but we wanted something uh, cooked to order, an Italian-style sandwich place, which we feel uh, Toronto's very well known for. So we did things like a breaded veal and a grilled chicken and a portobello here. Amazing, five years and counting. Oh yeah, it's been quite a ride. So Eli, those sandwiches sound amazing, but tell me what makes them special? Well, I'd have to say, uh, it's a little inside joke around here, that our best recipe is consistency. And uh, I, I think that what we do here just highlights um, uh, the consistent hard work we do with good quality ingredients and a lot of thoughtfulness. We brought over the caramelized onions that we're all known for from the Black Camel, and we make a good tomato sauce with some San Marzano tomatoes. We like to keep things simple with not a lot of ingredients, so we can really showcase uh, the quality of the food. So Eli, I notice you've got a little bit of a compact menu here. Tell me, what made you decide to come up with just these items that are on your menu? Well, just like the Black Camel, we want to keep a small menu for several reasons. The first is we want to be able to guarantee the quality and the consistency of the food. With a smaller uh, menu, we're able to concentrate more and uh, cook the items that we have on the menu better than if we had a bigger menu. And uh, with a smaller menu, we're able to keep a smaller stock and uh, make sure that our food is always fresher and prepared that day. Eli, tell me a little bit about the quality of your ingredients. Well, we're very lucky to have uh, strong relationships with our suppliers. We've used them decades at the Black Camel, as well as here. We're really happy to be able to work with them here. They never stop trying to find ways for us to help improve what we do and uh, suggest maybe new cuts of meat or different products or different ways of doing the uh, items we have on the menu already. We're sounds, very fortunate to have Sounds them. like a great relationship. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are centralized in the Midtown area. How would you say your, rela your relationship with the people in the area are or in Toronto overall? I'd have to say extremely good. We got quite a reputation at first when we opened up the Black Camel, and immediately when we opened up the Boar, we saw a lot of people coming from there and spreading the word to their friends up in Davisville and uh, Young and Eglinton. We've also been so fortunate to uh, be here in uh, Davisville. It's such a close community and neighborhood, and everyone really shows loyalty to all the institutions and businesses in the area, and it's really a close community. It's wonderful walking down the street and seeing your regular customers and knowing how they're doing and what's up in their lives. 
lives and be able to share in their joy and success. And eat amazing food. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you're part of a very diverse food community, especially in Toronto. What has your experience been? How do you see it? And, and what are your thoughts on, on the overall community? Well, uh, I've been in the business since I was a teenager back in 2004. And it's really been remarkable to see how everything's grown. When we first opened up the Black Camel, uh, there wasn't much of a food scene to speak of, but we really felt like we grew with it and we got to see some amazing places open and we got to see some great work highlighted. Uh, the city, I feel, has always had a very diverse food scene, but it's really nice to see everybody just, well, get their due. You know, and it's wonderful to see, for example, we have a new uh, Indian restaurant that's opened up down the street and Indone two Indonesian places that have opened up the street. and. Uh, that's not something you see in every city. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we forget sometimes how fortunate we are to live in this city and just how diverse it is. People can really bring excellent stuff from all over the world and just contribute to something amazing here. Absolutely, and you are a part of that. It, it's an honor. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed our adventure to Boar Sandwiches. Again, spectacular, so good, sandwiches. That place was in and out. They, they had a crazy system of having it, it sped up, it, it delivered to you quickly, and we saw so many folks just come in and pick up their sandwiches and, and get out of there. A couple of folks actually sat there to enjoy it, but very, very impressed with their business model and business setup. Uh, and yeah, really, really enjoyed uh, Boar Sandwich, so highly recommend to anybody in the Midtown region if you're looking for something to eat. Uh, so anyways, that's our show for today. So I hope, hopefully you enjoyed it, hopefully you enjoyed the food, the Avengers banter, and uh, that you make a wise decision if you have a keto diet uh, on your expectations of going to wherever and, and maybe what to expect. Hit us back if you have anything else to say. Rafi, you got anything uh, to close with? Nope, that's it. No, nope, you're good? Let's get going. All right, all right, enjoy. So enjoy food, enjoy the, the warm weather that's outside. Otherwise, my name's Laird. I'm Rafi. And we will see you next time.
I'm hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> I can still smell the spices from that place. So I have to walk back there. <sighs> yeah, actually, one of the guys who came to the show went back and visited three days later. He was that impressed with the was place. It? Yeah. So uh, he sent me a couple messages saying I had to come back. Oh, did <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was Eddie. Eddie oh, that was in the dude, uh, in the episode. He's like, I had to come back. So if you are even close to downtown, if you're working close to downtown, if you're looking for a place to go to lunch, or if you're heading a little bit east, check out that uh, Spice Indian Bistro. It is spectacular, super delicious. I think they're on Ritual, Fudora, Uber Eats, so you, can, you can't just, go wrong. Just do it up. Do yeah. it if you don't want to cook one. It's it's so worth it. Yeah. My mom was even impressed. My mom is super uh, critical of, of Indian food, yeah. and she was like, this isn't the way I expected it to taste, mm -hmm. but this is still amazing. Yeah. And that's, oh, it was so good anyways. So anyways, that's our, our, our show for this week. Uh, thanks for, for listening. If you want to see how the food looks, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is what we dig today. Uh, we have our podcast, obviously, which you can subscribe to. You can also check out our website if you want to see a map of the city of all the restaurants we've had a chance to visit and had the pleasure of visiting. Otherwise, my name's Laird. I'm Rafi. And we will see you next time.